everybody, the con artist here. We're back for part two of our kind of product management, project management, sorry, I should say about um, my world in engineering land and Diana and Dan's world in, in game dev land. Um, so for this piece, I want to get a little introspective with, with both of you. And I want to start off with a question that I have, um, I've talked to my husband about a lot. And why do we as gamers accept a broken product? You know, how how many times do we have to watch a video at E3 and be deceived by its shininess? And we know in the background they've they've made this as shiny as possible for this showcase to get hype about the project, which is not a bad thing, but it's probably not how the game looks right now, and maybe not how it will look at the end. Uh, things like promises and interviews derail projects all the time. Scope creep is, is real. Um, in no other instance would I tolerate paying $60 for an incomplete or a broken product and then accept that the industry tells me that I'm going to fix it along the way. And I know it sounds, sounds just silly to ask, but like, I would never buy a broken book, let's say. You can buy them electronically. If I bought a book and it ended at chapter three and was like, I'll patch it later. You'll get the rest of the story. I promise. <laughs> I'm going to write it. I'm probably not going to read your book ever again. I would not watch a half a movie or a third of a movie. And consumer electronics is such a cutthroat industry. You know, you'll lose a whole consumer base, unless you're Apple. Uh, you'll lose a whole consumer base if you pump out something something poor. People will shift and find find something else. And I just don't, I don't understand why we, we tolerate this. We let these kinds of things repeat with these big, big AAA games. And from my experience in engineering world, being a manager, it's the consumers that move the industry. If the consumers don't tolerate your poor product, you must change as an industry to survive. So what's what's kind of impeding that from happening? Am I even asking the right question? Just uh, give me the down low, both of you. Dan, do you want to start it off? Yeah. In my experience, um, a lot of what is shipped, uh, there's this, there's a, there's a myth that uh, how did they not see that this was going to be a problem? You know, how did they not notice this bug, or how did they not see that this feature was incomplete? Why did they have to make such a big patch? And while, again, the circumstances of it vary from project to project and uh, company to company, I can only speak generally, um, the odds are is that the developers knew that there was an issue. They knew that this particular mission didn't always work or you weren't always able to finish that one quest or something along those lines. Um, you know, and QA, you know, the heroes that they are told the developers about that, that probably had to be deprioritized because something more important came up. Maybe, you know, combat wasn't as advanced as it need to be or as polished as it need to be. Maybe they were finishing up um, changes to a level or to a feature that the production team determined was more important to the game's overall success than a particular side mission. And it and in the end, it's that cold calculus of what is going to get the game out the door in the best shape it's going to be in. And 
either you have to make that hard decision to kick something out the door uh, before it's 100% perfect and polished, and then do those patches to fix it, which is in many ways a positive that we have the ability to do that, that a game isn't just completely busted from the start, um, and that you have the ability to go in and find things that either weren't found before or were found but weren't able to be fixed in the time with the time and resources you had. Uh, it's good to have that ability, but there is a potential for abuse. There isn't. There is a potential for people to say for production or uh, for management or the upper levels to say it's uh, more important to get this out the door than it is to get it uh, to get it right. Um, and that's almost always against the uh, against the wishes or against the protestations of people working on the fr- on the features. They are they always <laughs> the fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they want to get this out the door, but they also want to make sure that it isn't broken. And sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and do that. And on top of that, another big factor that people I feel don't appreciate is there's a difference when you're testing a product internally, even with very good testing uh, protocols and, and uh, staff, you know, you have, you can have dozens of people on QA. You can have a ton of people testing it both internally and in closed betas and in whatever practices your team uses to make sure that your features and the whole game work smoothly. You can get in in front of quite a lot of eyeballs. And then when you try to go for a global launch, it is an entirely different ballgame. You're, pro- you're, you're not going to dozens or possibly hundreds of people. You're going to thousands, millions in the case of bigger releases. There's always going to be stuff that didn't appear the way it did for the smaller group of testers. It's just inevitable. When, you, when, your, sample, when your sample size grows by orders of magnitude, there's going to be stuff that, right, that rises up, especially if you're talking about like live service or multiplayer games, where so much of it is, is uh, reliant on back-end systems to keep the game running smoothly. You're going to run into circumstances that throw everything off. So part of it is just games are, as we've described, these enormous beasts that take ton of balance and a ton of effort to get working at all, let alone working well. And it takes a lot of time and manpower to make that happen. And more often than not, near the end of a project, you either don't have the manpower or you don't have the time to address everything you want to. And so those things go out into the world, people get upset, and like we hear you all of the developers hear you when this stuff happens we don't want to release broken or buggy or even just uh, unpolished products and you can you know you can explain to people up and down like you know we knew about this and we did our best to fix it we fixed it in our day in our like day 1 or first week patch or whatever but first impressions count for a lot and so a lot of people will either not uh, trust those products again or they will have selective memories and they will say like, ah, you know, the game is really, is really fun now forgetting that, um, you know, on launch, there were a bevy of issues. Uh, and then they will hype it up and hype it up and get themselves really excited for the next release. And then something similar happens and they get angry again, but then memory hole, it can, it, it depends on your audience. It depends on the individual. And as always, the loudest voices are, some ca- in some cases the most toxic or the most uh 
aggressive about their dissatisfaction. Like you're not wrong to be upset that some of these things are, aren't working the way you, uh, mm-hmm. that you want them to, but you can't, I say it's like hold developers accountable, but don't act as if this is, again, don't act as if this is a matter of laziness or a matter of, um, or a matter of foolishness everyone who's doing this loves what they're doing and is doing their level best to get the best product they can out the door. And with so many moving parts, every game that ships successfully is a miracle. And we need to, I think we need to appreciate that while still understanding that, yes, we can't take for granted that players will have a very strong first impression and that we need to put our best foot forward. We may not be able to get everything we want. It's more important to put out what we can on time, in budget, and without, you know, harming the people who are making it with overtime or crunch or anything like that. And that is a very difficult path to walk. Yeah, I I, um, I think, you know, Sue, I think the question really we should be asking is why do you accept a broken game? Like it, I mean, I, I, I like. I know you're you're asking us this question, but why? Like, why do you accept it? Why do you um, uh, allow uh, the uh, or or why do you pre-order it? You know, knowing uh, knowing all, all everything that we've spoken um, uh, about today, and I'm and I don't I don't put this on you as a question or, or like as an accusation. I mean, like I think it's a legitimate question. It's just like why do. Um, why do gamers accept it? And I think, you know, there, there is no simple answer to that. I think the, um, the game industry has a lot of issues and we also, we asked the question of like, you know, it, it shouldn't happen. Like, um, uh, I'm trying to remember who said it. I think it was like George Lucas, George Lucas, George Lucas said like, you know, movies aren't may, aren't, uh, aren't, uh, aren't finished um they're they're abandoned or something like that or they're they're you know they're give you give up on them because you like once the movie is made it's out out in the world and there's shit all that you could do until unless you know you're you know Zack Snyder and you get the opportunity to you know 380 million dollars to you know redo your movie again but but which is already super rare and i think that that's the you know the industry is kind of changing that concept and changing that idea but let's let's you know, rewind 10 years, you know, if a film is released, a film is released, it's out in the, it's out in the open and it is what it is. If you're lucky, um, you get a director's cut maybe like five years later. And that's in the very yeah. rare case where if the director lucky's. has enough clout. Yeah. Clout time and, you know, motivation because movies are hard to make. And, um, and, you know, once people are done with their project, that's the culture. The culture is once you're done with the project, you everybody fucks off and, and, and goes on to move, 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 do something else unless you're the editor and the marketing team and you're putting those things out there. But anyway, when it comes to games, games are are completely different. Like games are super complex. Games like, you know, you, you, you make it. Um, and it's like, you have a lot of different moving parts. I mean, I feel like we've, we've, we talked about like how it, it is a massive beast and how, you know, um, games, um, it takes a lot to make a game and, and it takes a lot of time to make a game and a lot of effort and a lot of money and a lot of all of those things. So 
I, I think the the question it, it it's not a simple like you know why why do we as gamers accept a broken game? I think I think it's a, it's it, we we have to take into consideration that the gaming industry is still fairly young, um, um, and and constantly evolving to sort of say to you know to reiterate what Dan said it's it's constantly evolving new technologies we have new tech you know new technologies like you know next gen systems that you know many people don't have in their hands right now. So, you know, we don't know what that's like yet. Um, at least I personally don't, cause I haven't, I haven't been able to get a PS5 or, you know, or an Xbox series X. Um, but, um, I, I think that, you know, the technology is constantly evolving. The industry is fairly new and new finding new ways to innovate. Um, and so really the, the, I think it, there's a lot of different parts of that, that are, that are involved. Um, you know, when you release a game, you know, I think everybody expects a patch now, like everybody expects, you know, at least in the back end, you know, there's the day one patch, um, that, um, you know, because when, when games are, uh, when you plan out the, the release of a game, you know, you actually have to, like, when you hear the concept of, of gold going gold, it's, um, several months um, cause you need to, you need to actually, uh, finish the final build. I'm trying to simplify this, finish the final build of the game to then submit it so that, um, for district, this is for distribution so that, um, you know, digitally is, it's a different, it's a different beast, but like, you know, you have your, your discs and that need to, you need to have that particular game on the disc and it takes time to make that disc. It needs to function um, out of the box. Know, usually. It needs to function out of the box. So that's like, you know, that's like three to four months, depending on, um, you know, if I'm, uh, depending on the distribution contract. Um, and so that was three months and then you needed to, to uh, and then you need to give give that a bit, a bit of time um, because there also is uh, is the shipping of those boxes of where the games are and they need to go to their, uh, to the um uh, to the warehouses. So all of this is Diana, that, as an all... unreasonable gamer, I would like it in 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well then buy it digitally and call it a day. <laughs> um, but, but, but you, but you know where I'm getting at? Like, this is like, there, there are, there are expectations of that. So if you're saying if the game is supposed to be, you know, released today, the game was, was technically done. Um, game, the final build of it anyway, um, was, was done five you know, four, four to five months ago, um, which then, but then the game, even though that final build is, 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 is on the CD, on the DVD, um, on the Blu-ray, whatever, um, people are still working on it because there are still bugs that need to be fixed. Um, so the day one patch is, is, is now, is now industry standard, depending on, depending on the, you know, the, the massiveness of, of the game. But, um, what I'm getting at is that there, there's a lot of different um, aspects of that. And you have, you know, you have your, 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 your day one patches, you have your, um, the, the, it, you also have like your, your publishers who are, you know, are who also have to sort of abide by certain, you know, by their, by, by, by their times, their shareholders and things like that. And you also have to abide by, by the sales of that and how much, um, if there's even going to be, you know, a, a shelf on the wall at a GameStop or a, a Walmart or a Target for your particular game and the marketing for that. And, you know, if you're going to be able to market it because, you know, uh, Avengers Endgame is going to be out at the same time and you need to compete with Avengers Endgame. You know, so I'm just, 
just saying is that there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, and it's not an excuse. Um, but I think that the responsibility, frankly, in my opinion, lies in you as the consumer to make that decision about whether or not you are going to buy the game. So when you ask me the question, why do why do we accept broken why do we accept a broken game? Why does why do we as gamers accept these broken games? My question is to you, why do you accept this broken game? So maybe you should stop pre-ordering the game so that to set to, you know to 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 um, ease the expectations of the of the shareholders. You know when they get when they get the idea uh, when you when you see a, 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 a that you know the game is 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 advertised for for pre-order you know, shareholders and, 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 you know, the studio heads are, are looking at that. They're like, Oh shit, we got, you know, a million pre-orders, you know, uh, that's a shit ton of money, um, right off the bat on the first day, which, which has happened before. And so they're like, Oh, okay. So now we have this expectation that like, you know, a million people are going to play the game. So that automatically recoups a lot of our costs. So we need to get this game out. That's awesome. But even then the game is going to be out for another year, but still, we still have a lot of that, that build that you saw in the instance of, um, you know, uh, of cyberpunk, that build that you saw was a, was a, a, a PC build and we haven't even focused on PlayStation. So what the fuck are we going to do? Well, let's keep focusing on, so, you know what I'm saying? That this is, this it's, it's a domino effect. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. so, so my question to you is to stop pre-ordering and 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 if you you know I understand that the hype machine is a hype and you know that's why these people were hired you know marketing people and um were hired to get you fucking stoked I mean I I'm you know I you know, like whenever I see a Marvel trailer I lose my 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 fucking mind so like as 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 Dan could attest to me telling me to shut up sometimes because I because I could be screaming in in the living room after seeing a trailer um so I, I think that you also need to set those expectations and I think if you know not to not, like I don't want this to be you know negative 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 I think gamers are kind of waking up to this I think you have instances of like, oh my God, I remember, I remember um, Arkham, Arkham Origins, I think it was, uh, Batman Arkham Origins. That game was so fucking buggy. Was it, or was oh, it, uh, my- or was it um, Arkham Knight? I think it was Arkham the- Knight? I feel like that what was, was the Arkham, last Arkham one. Arkham City, Arkham. Arkham City was Arkham, Arkham Asylum and the Arkham. The middle one, right? Yeah. No, it was the last one. Oh, that was the last one. Oh. I feel the like it was one. night. Yeah, but it, whatever. Yeah, that it, one had a notorious, a notoriously one. difficult launch. Oh my god! I, I it was so buggy. I just for I could not, and I was hyped for it because I loved the first two, um, and that game like I I haven't picked it up ever since. I didn't buy the pre. I didn't buy. I didn't pre-order it first of all. But like I, but I did pick it up and I tried to play it. You know, at launch because I was really hyped for it. And that that's a, that's a game that example where, where like I didn't buy DLC. I didn't buy anything afterward. I didn't even pick it up. So they don't even have my data past a certain time because I couldn't literally go back past that certain time. So like, that's how I, you know, is my, is my reaction to, you know, to a game. Um, you have like, you have a, a, a what's another example, like Rockstar's, um, uh, uh, Oh, it was the, the grand theft auto online <laughs> that was a ridiculous a hot mess of a release 
that people, because it's Rockstar, still were on it, on board with it. And they um and and they they excused the the that's a, I mean that's a perfect example of this like what are you guys doing? Like this is a broken ass game. Like this is a bro- broken ass online experience where it is it is unplayable. Like you cannot play this game. And people were still like rabid or the rabid fan base of, of Rockstar still kept this this game going to the point where they were making a million dollars a day. I shit you not. Uh, they were making a million dollars a day on rocks, uh, like on um on Grand Theft Auto Online. So it's just like that is that that is it's it's um it's what is it Pavlov's dog? I don't know if it's Pavlov's dog, but, but I'm kind of going with that with that sort of idea of just like if these guys fuck up and give you a broken game and you're still supporting them and and they're still making a million dollars a day, why are they gonna not? Why are they gonna not? A, a, a release a broken game anymore like why would they stop doing that if you're going to keep supporting it and you're going to give them a million dollars a day and it's still broken they're going to be like well shit i mean if that if this is what you know you guys call quality and this is you're, you're okay with this we're going to keep doing that that totally makes sense and actually i mean it's it's good that you toss the question back i personally do not pre-order i'm definitely like once bitten twice shy type of type of thing i'm like you if it's a if it, if I were to buy it and it's a mess, I I drop it hard. Oh, <laughs> no tolerance, no too. tolerance for that, I, and then I just I can't. And like you said, I get very wary of of that mm-hmm. company. And you know, you bring up a lot of interesting points, which I actually want to tug on on some of these threads. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Diana, do you think that? And I'm not saying people don't get really really hyped for for books or movies, right? Right, um, but do you feel like there's a certain element of tying your identity to to a game? It's such an immersive experience, right? You, Definitely. the player, are a part of this experience. And do you think some of that rabidity, <laughs> that rabidness comes from mm-hmm. that immersion? And that's how people keep every time the bell rings, Pavlov rings the bell, you salivate. Is, is that yeah. part of the problem and i don't even know if i call it a problem because you want people to get immersed right but does that breed right. breed obsession and extremity you know being well, extreme I think that, yeah i 100 agree with you i think there's a there's like you know think about like the the equivalent i think of like is like music when you love a band what do you do you go and you go check out the band you go outside you go to a concert you you know you meet up with people you listen to the music on in the radio you listen to the music everywhere on on spotify wherever you listen to it and that is like you know you dig it and you can go and you can see that band uh, you know uh, perform that performer perform and you're just like yes that's awesome next you see a movie, you go to the, like, you have to walk outside of your house. You need to jump. Like if you're going to be like, like me who likes to go see Marvel movies, like on Thursday or Wednesday nights, depending on when the theater is, when the theater is showing them, um, you know, you need to, you know, walk outside, you need to go, you know, into the movie theater and you need to, you watch it, you have your immersive experience and you're like, yo, that was shit. That was, that was shit. Or that was dope. Whatever. We have a really, really great time. And you talk to your friends about it and you know, you communicate with that. A game is different. A game is different because you really are immersed in it. You're living, like you're, you are living it. You become these characters. Master Chief is, is like people like dress up like Master Chief because they feel like they're Master Chief. You know, they love, you know, Drake 
because you know he he's he's funny and he's got a you know his his family is amazing and he does goes on these wonderful adventures and you experience his life and you know sometimes you kill him and you feel really bad you know <laughs> and so you like <laughs> sometimes he does sometimes and sometimes problem. and that's a problem but then he comes back and then you're like yeah i did it we did it together um you know so i think that there's there's some of that it's it's a very immersive experience that people become you know, emotionally attached to. And so I, I think that, um, it go, it goes with, uh, it goes like there's a laser focus to that. Um, you see a trailer, which nine out of 10 times, if it's like a, like a, like a, uh, a trailer trailer, like a, like a teaser trailer, those are rendered images. Those aren't like, that's like CGI. That's not even the game itself. But people are still like, yo, that's hype. I'm fucking hype for that. Like, let's buy it. I'm going to like pre-order it. Pre-order now. Like, you see that. That's not the game. And I think there needs to be a, a people need to, there needs to be a separation of that. Consumers don't need to accept that. Uh, like, like, like gamers don't need to accept that, you know, a uh, 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 a game is going to be coming out and I, and I, and I need to buy it immediately. You know, you know, if you, 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 if you want a product that is finished, then you need to demand the product to be finished. Um, you know, just because it can be fixed later doesn't make it like, okay for you to buy it later. Um, but like, I, I also think that, that I, I think that there's, you know, a responsibility as well. Like, you know, we talk, we t I, I, I'm sorry, again, I'm not trying to put the responsibility on you the player but i also think it's a responsibility in the gaming industry this goes da even down to, to gaming uh like journalists as well and the you know the the gaming press and uh and and, and the community in, in all involved in that to really you know set those expectations and say and ask those specific questions and i think that's one of the reasons why cyberpunk 2077 was so controversial as well and why they got in a lot of of hot water is because they people were asking the questions it's like yo this game is dope is this how it's gonna run yeah this was on a ps you know this was on a playstation 4 this is like what are you serious it's gonna look like this on a playstation 4 yeah man that was a lie <laughs> you know like that was a big deal. That is a big deal. Um, and you know, it's I, I it's it, it's good to see that there was that backlash that people were holding them accountable. Um, but but yes, you know, in in that long form of an answer is I think that that that's what makes gaming a bit different is because you are in doors you know people play in their underwear <laughs> you know like you sometimes you don't like i i, Dan, I please don't diana please don't reveal dan's gaming habits <laughs> yeah, sorry let's, I, let's, I just let's calm that down let's calm <laughs> yeah it was like i think that people like you know like gaming sessions like you you could sit down you could play like i i remember i would sit down and play the game for the whole fucking day like i would get up in the morning and then you know one o'clock it's and i'm like well that was a day that's gone, you know, because I was immersed in this game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think again, it goes it, like the industry is still very young in regards to how it, it, it wants to work. Um, how unionization is an important thing as well. Um, it, 
when when other industries are unionized, how come the gaming industry cannot unionize? Um, if we are a form of entertainment that it, that makes more money than Hollywood, um, why is it that you know Hollywood can, you know, um, unionize and have and have the ability to unionize, and how come we can't? Um, they they figured it out very quickly. Well, very quickly. I use that in very loose terms, but they figured it out. How come you know? Um, how come the gaming industry can't figure that out? And you know. There's a lot of, we can, that's a different conversation all at once. I'd like to uh, piggyback off that a little bit. And I agree with most of what you said, especially when it comes to hype and how people get immersed in it. And really, it becomes a focus of their identity in a lot of ways, as much or more so than movies or books or other things. And so they'll forgive a lot of things because they've, invested so much of themselves into something and you'll see a lot of diehard defenders of certain you know either certain game directors or game series or whatever where they literally can do no wrong in their eyes uh and that is a dangerous thing for an audience to uh to feel like uh, because it means that you're not being you're not able to be critical and you're not able to you feel a degree of peer pressure as well to uh, you know, conform to what the group you're part of thinks and that, you know, everyone outside who's like, hey, I I'm worried that this isn't going to live up to expectations is like attacking you as well as the product. Uh, even if they're not actually attacking exactly. anyone, they're just raising a valid concern. Um, and that is definitely partly on the gaming press, on marketing, on uh, game streamers, on streamers. Like yeah, all of these people have who have a vested interest in making games look and uh, look and appear as good as possible because that's what drives their business. And that's not unreasonable to do, but again, realistic expectations and a degree, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Um, but another thing I feel is uh, to, to tie into what you just said about Hollywood is games are pre-orders drive a lot of decision-making in games more so than they should in the same way that chasing first day ticket sales cause a lot of um cause a lot of issues in hollywood in both in terms of budget and time and who's hired to do what and when things are released and all of these other things and it's not that those aren't valid things those aren't those are totally valid points of data for producers and marketing and everyone else to use, but they don't tell the whole story because what stakeholders want to see is one big pile of money all at once. They want to be able to see this many people have pre-ordered our game, which means X number of units times N number of uh, times, times the cost uh, minus whatever, you know, we've taken out uh, to account for what we put in. And that's the big shiny number that they're able to chase. And they'll say like, no matter what happens, no matter how good or bad or whatever the product is, we get that big shiny ball of money. And that is a very dangerous thing for a lot of people because it then means that changes, things that affect that, things that would detru potentially detract from that, but make the product more successful in the long run are discarded or or there's just no interest in them. Uh, a game can have very, you know, uh, what is it? Um, Among Us? Nobody was talking about Among Us when it first came out. Then everyone gets trapped inside, stuck, you know, stuck due to a pandemic for a year. And all of a sudden it's the 
biggest phenomenon and the developers are, yep, you know, exactly. caught as much by surprise as anyone else. That was an example of, I mean, again, different beast. That's an indie game, smaller product, smaller expectations. All of those kinds of things are different from AAA, but you'll see games that have very long, they say long tails, having uh, the ability for to keep players invested for a very long time. Um, even if like initial sales might not be great, maybe by the time like an expansion comes out enough, you know, people have talked about it and realize like, you know what, this is good enough. I'm going to recommend this to my friends. They'll join in and they'll have a better experience because now some of those patches are in some of those improvements to quality of life have been made. Uh, and you have all of that to go on that there can be this steady trend of increasing sales, which again, isn't that big spike that everyone on the money end of things wants to see, but is still very good from a long-term project perspective. But because so much depends on those pre-orders, so much depends on those day one ticket sales, uh, just like in Hollywood, that is a very similar mindset that causes a lot of issues because it causes people to prioritize the wrong things in some cases. And um, and it causes unrealistic expectations for developers that every game, every sequel has to be bigger and more successful. Every um, new release has to measure up to this other new release. Uh, there's a There's been a lot of talk in the last couple of years when Fortnite hit and everyone was like, oh my God, we need to, we need to compete with Fortnite. We need to be able to uh, make there, we need to be able to get the number of concurrent players that this game has. And I just wanted to sit down with anyone who was thinking that and just shake them for a moment and say, you can't compete with free. If you want to sell this game for $60, you cannot expect to have the same number of people playing at the same time as a game that costs nothing to get. People are putting money into this partly because they didn't have to pay an upfront cost. And people will see, you know, people will chase these trends or see these trends without understanding the full picture or without taking that into account. Yep. And good, exactly. good producers, good management, good marketing analyzes the whole picture and understands what makes certain games successful and where other ones fail. But we don't, you don't always get that. You don't always get that big picture. And when that happens, when people look at a situation and take uh, the wrong lessons or make the wrong estimations from it. That's when games, uh, that's when production schedules suffer. That's when developers suffer. And that's when uh, game audiences end up disappointed. So it is partly on the audience needing to be discerning and not uh, invest too much of themselves into a product, which at the end is going to, you know, it is a labor of love. Everyone's going to do their best to put out a, uh, as good a product as they can, but it's never going to be 100% perfect. And, you know, there will be things that need to be fixed. That's just, that's the way that the industry has, has evolved. We have to accept that to a degree with, with the caveat that we also have to hold them accountable, hold developers accountable when they mess up. You know, either don't buy that game until that patch comes in or you know, don't pre-order that uh, collector's edition just because you like the mm -hmm. franchise. It's it, 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 there's a lot of things going into it, but a lot of it comes down to decisions are made on either limited or poorly interpreted information, and that information filters through to the production and distribution process in a way that makes that that exaggerates all of the negative aspects of fandom and 
uh, big release culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny because I almost feel like you both are just you're just such nice people. Like I want you to yell at the consumer <laughs> a little more. Being on the consumer side, it's really funny. You know, I as as someone in engineering, right? We're we're about the nuts and bolts and how things work. And I understand the average person who wants to buy a game does not want to understand all the things you two understand being in the games industry. But to me, with the amount of information that's out there, the interwebs, I don't understand why we as consumers are not getting more intelligent about the games we buy and the industry at large in just in tiny pieces at the very bare minimum to understand what you have said, Diana, and been really harping on that this is humongous. It's it's a miracle mm-hmm. it comes out. It's mm-hmm. so many moving parts. It's so many teams potentially in other countries. Have have temper your expectation if you if you pre-order this game and then start understanding even more. Like Dan said. It, you are making a big choice by pre-ordering this game. You are moving something very large. And to tie it back into what we had talked about with, with Demaic, a lot of it's about controlling the project, right? Those milestones and those iterative pieces are pieces in, in my control and my team's control. The pre-order is actually an artificial milestone created by mm. an external force, which is the populace. Mm. A completely uncontrollable milestone, which is fascinating to think about from a project <laughs> management perspective. It's awful. Like it gives me the chills to think about that. Something so outside of the realms of of that control sphere, the way a project is is meant to be put together. But um, too too many trains to put it back on track. I I think there is a level of discernment I want us as as gamers to have. Remember how many people it takes to make something this large. Remember that the poor developers have given so much of of themselves. Don't don't point to one person and go you. You, poor guy in Cubicle 6, it was definitely your fault. <laughs> this project totally derailed. Like, let's blame the developers. Which happens. Because you hear happens. that term all the time, game development. So mm-hmm. you automatically blame the developer. I feel like educate yourself as a consumer. At least understand yes. that, that games are huge, that you're voting with your wallet, that you should not accept things that are that are broken Put it down. Don't don't keep feeding that beast because the more you do, the more you feed the industry. It's any other economic uh, equation. <laughs> you it's feed true. it, you feed it, it grows, and they will accept that, you know, hey, if we can collapse the quality leg of the triangle, yeah, baby, like keep making that money and we we can pump it into other stuff and you'll never <laughs> regrow the quality leg mm-hmm. yeah. of, of, of the triangle. And so I I want there to be more more discernment. I want us to demand higher quality products. But the other side of being a discerning customer is being an understanding customer. So you want that quality, but you have to understand that quality requires time. Because that's the other leg of the triangle. Understand that the long mm-hmm. it's taking a long. They're not delaying it because they hate you, and 
don't want you to have your product by Christmas. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Dan and Diana sit in the back corner with little devil horns scheming, like, yes, <laughs> we'll destroy <laughs> these people's lives by not letting the game come out by Christmas. Understand that there's a quality they're probably trying to achieve. Don't you want that quality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very true. You're 100% right. Yeah. You know, industry, industry, get better at understanding your data and not just, not just understanding, but respecting your audience, respect their time, respect their desire for a quality product. And again, this is less to the developers themselves as to the management and marketing and the operation of the operation that funds and promotes the games. Uh, devs too, bear that in mind, absolutely. But part of their job is to do that. So I assume, possibly naively, that every dev worth their salt does have a certain level of respect for their players and wants them to have the best experience they can. When it comes to certain other people, their job is not necessarily to care about the audience. Their job is to make sure that the product ships and that it makes money. And Again, valid. We need that money to keep making new projects, to keep people employed. Because do it's all expensive. Of these Gaming because it, is expensive. It's the game a, industry is expensive. It's a. It's <laughs> an. Ex- it is exactly that. Is an expensive. It is a. Is expensive. Uh, project. It requires a lot of people with a lot of expertise, often living in very expensive areas of the country, and that's a whole different rant that we can get into at, a, at another date. But it's a. It's a. It's an expensive and time-consuming thing to do right, and we we need to respect the audience's ability to be discerning, and you know they will be the ones to judge the final product. It's not just about numbers, it's about trust, and you can make a lot of money and still lose the trust of your audience. Sometimes you can gain that trust back by doing, by doing the right thing, by steadily improving your game, and by uh, making those patches and adjustments to improve uh, the quality of life for the player. There are many games that have definitely found a second life after rough initial launches and good, good for them. I'm thrilled that they did it. But from a development side, if you can make sure that your game is as good as it can be at launch and from the gamer side, understand why that isn't always possible. And when it isn't possible, Try to look at the situation, get the information you can, educate yourself if you're able. And yeah, that in, that information is out there. But, you know, Diana, you and I are in the industry. We know who tracks these things. We know who these journalists are who are going to, you know, either hold people's feet to the fire or promote something just because it gets them clicks. We know who some of these some of these groups are and where that information can be found. Not everyone cares or is interested there are people who you know there are people who don't want to know how the sausage is made they just want to enjoy the sausage and if the sauce and unless the sausage is actively bad they're not going to be bothered by hearing some news story that you know there was an mm-hmm. accident at the sausage factory it's uh it's un- yep. it's unfortunate. There's responsibility. I I hate the two sides kind of nonsense, but it's there is responsibility on both sides. And the most important thing I would say to take away is respect the people on the other end of this of the equation. Respect the people making the things that you love and hold them accountable when they don't meet your expectations. But 
Don't be a dick about it. You can say, yo, this this game released was really was really rough and I'm not going to support this unless you, you know, improve these things or I'm not going to support your next game if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't show that you actually care about us. That's not that's not rude. That's bad. That That's bad for the developer to hear, but it's necessary in some cases. And if you're a dev, listen to that feedback and especially especially if you're in production or if you're in marketing listen to that feedback too just because you made your money at the begin at the end of that doesn't mean that you can just write everything off afterwards and just jump onto the next uh project because your chart went up when you said it would you have to you are mm-hmm. part of that you are part of that process too you need to respect uh, the audience's time and effort you need to respect the effort that your devs put in and for everyone just be yeah. Be respectful. Be firm, but be polite. Just you know, throwing throwing uh, throwing wild accusations and other stuff around just doesn't get anyone anywhere. It just uh, it just makes the whole it just makes the whole conversation more toxic. All right, yeah. so I'm going to summarize. Pre-order everything. E3 is telling you the truth. <laughs> Diana is the reason your game got delayed. As what? well as as well as that developer in Cube Six. Absolutely blame both of them. So, all right. Well, now that we've summarized that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. More that's or less. <laughs> all wrapped up nice no, and No, thank neat. you both. That that really went in a different direction and I, I think it's great that it did because it's not a simple question. It's not a it's simple not. issue. It's not a simple answer. Also, anybody that says otherwise, like, is, is I mean, I'm going to be real. They're, they're lying. <laughs> they're totally lying. Like, it, it's, it, it, it's not a simple, it's not a simple answer. And, uh, and I don't, and I don't think anybody, and anybody who says so is, mm-hmm. is not telling the truth. Yeah, and this is this is all our personal experience and the trends that we have seen throughout the industry. There's, you know, there are a million ways that things can be improved, and there are there are thousands of people working to make uh, the lives of the developers and the customers better every day. And when you find a company or a game or a a uh, team individual whoever it is in the industry that is working to make those people better and support them you know do, do that do, do give them your support give them your love retweet them just whatever you need to do to just show that you see them and acknowledge them as you know someone who is trying to make a positive difference then i think that that will help it can sometimes feel like you're just you know shouting into a void otherwise so support the people doing good support the games that do uh that that treat their devs fairly and provide a good quality product and uh you know support the support the devs when they say that they are working on something you know hold hold them accountable to that don't let them don't let them weasel out and just say that oh we're working on this or we hear you without taking action but you know give them that acknowledgement we do read posts we do read uh you know we do read messages that come in and our community management teams are always like flooded with uh, with, with all of these messages. So when those messages are positive, they get out to the team and we want to 
if you can, just let your favorite devs know that you care, that you want them to keep making really good games. It really does make our day. Epic. So to ask to ask one more question, one or two, one or two more questions. Uh, Diana, really quick. I know I keep saying that, and then it turns into like a forty-five minute conversation. <laughs> uh, what What are some good <laughs> practices that you've implemented, seen implemented, that keep large projects, keep large AAA games on track? Can you just I think, summarize yeah. them a little? Um. Yeah. Like. Um. I think the the crux of my job has always been uh, collaboration and communication, and um, and I think you know people like me um, are vital, um, you know, to the industry where you have where the the concept of of them are is that they're collaborating, um, they're communicating with others, um, they unite other people, um, you know, and in uh, with that involved in in the production when when you have someone like that who is a part of the of the production um i think there is a lot of potential for success because as stupid as it sounds a lot of the times when um i find a lot of the times when there is a some sort of an issue or a problem or you know there you think you know a feature or something is is in jeopardy or whatever you want to call it, um, there's some sort of an issue. Uh, it's, it's because people aren't talking to each other and it's so dumb and it's so, so simple. It's a simple, simple thing of just communicating with each other. And, um, it's so easy in production in game production because as you know, to reiterate what we've been saying this, you know, for the past, you know, couple of hours at this point is that, it's a big ship. There's, there's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of jobs in this big ship every, and um, you know, a lot of departments in this big ship. And so what ends up happening is that there's a side, there's siloing, lots of siloing and lots of, uh, um, you know, of uh, 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 non-communication. And so a lot of things fall through, fall through the cracks, um, which creates a domino effect of, you know, where, you know, Dan mentioned, you know, a feature can, you know, not, be working uh working and because maybe the something was cut out earlier because that fell through the cracks because people were in silos so i i think one of the most important things that i i i think when when it comes to a, a team is the importance of of collaboration the importance of communication um and uh you know not just having stand-ups because everybody has stand-ups super great, but you need to be able to have everybody in the room from, you know, from QA to, to the UI artists. Um, uh, and, and that's for me personally, that's always been my thing uh, when I've, uh, when I've uh, ran uh, production teams is that I like to have everybody in the room so that we don't have a, a surprise down the line where we find out that the audio team wasn't a part of this, a part of a meeting and, you know, they needed to, there needed to be audio in this particular, you know, part of, uh, of the game, whatever you want to call it. So I, I think that collaboration, communication, having everybody in the room is, um, is, is one of the most important things or three of the most important things for me <laughs> when it comes to, to game dev. It's really simple to say and incredibly it's difficult so to simple. implement, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It's so it's 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 so simple, and I think people think that that you know in this case it's magic, but it really isn't. It really, really isn't. 
it, it's not talk, to, just each talk to each other please please 100 oh, percent uh, agree that communication is one of the mo- most straightforward but not easiest ways to head mm-hmm. off a lot of these problems keep people informed keep people in the loop that way even if they're not the ones making the decisions they can inform the people who do get to make those calls whether or not something is feasible trust your trust your team to de- to deliver their best work and and set the and do your best to to set a realistic pace when you see someone when you see a team or someone else struggling don't assume that it's because they're not uh, they're not pulling their weight investigate mm-hmm. and adjust properly get the right people into that position hire more people if you need them reallocate resources provide support from other teams there's the capacity to do this and you just need to you need to focus your it, it focus your resources properly and communication is the easiest tool or the most effective tool you have to facilitate that talk to each other talk between your teams, get everyone's eyes on something as early as you can. And that will solve a lot of problems down the line or at least lessen definitely. those issues. So yeah, definitely. that's the, that communication is, is number one on everything else. Everything, everything else can kind of flow from that. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Thank you both. Um, so one final question for both of you, and I'm, I'm hoping this is a positive answer because Diana kind of alluded to it. Um, do both of you have any thoughts on if cyberpunk's failed launch is going to make waves in the industry and we're, we're going to see a slight uptick in consumers being more discerning or AAA game studios taking lessons from this at all and implementing methods as, as you guys have laid out to produce better products, or do you both and, and please be honest, feel like it's just going to be a meme factory. We'll forget this later. And the next time something shiny comes out, we're going to be like shiny. And <laughs> this will just continue to happen over and over again. I, I think that I think that this with what happened with Cyberpunk, the waves have, have already happening. Um, there are games that are currently uh, we're planning. We're, 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 uh, we're planned to be. I, I feel like this, these are like as soon as you know, all this stuff was happening. Some games were delayed, so pushed back. Um, I feel like there was an article, uh, uh, you know, in, in, um, and I mean, maybe it was like Polygon or Kotaku or something like that, that was talking about how, um, you know, expect game delays now because, you know, with, with the lawsuits that, uh, that cyberpunk are, they're, they're about to have to deal with some lawsuits, you know, uh <laughs> shareholders again you know the the studio heads are are like oh shit we need to take this very very seriously um it, it it's not a joke anymore you know you know we get we're getting savvy savvy like you know gamers are getting savvy about it and um and i think the the um addition of of being in, you know in quarantine and in in covid and everything has just let let people um read more and educate themselves more on things um, and also be a bit more critical about what content they consume because there's, there's a, a there's an endless amount of content now that they, mm-hmm. that they are, that folks are consuming. So I think that there is a bit of criticism that, um, that the consumer is, is, is sort of 
reflecting on like they're saying okay well you know if this game is 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 broken why am i going to pick it up i can pick up something else i can play you know hades for for the seventh time or i can you know watch disney plus i like there's more content because i can't go anywhere else i'm not going to waste my time with this um so i think the waves are happening already games are games have been pushed back um i'm sure games are 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 um are are, are internally being reworked now um you know I, I i think there's there's a there's a lot of um lot of of things are happening right now i think personally that it's part of a it's part of a cycle and the hope is that the cycle gets better and better each time and we see less of the major disappointments and uh and uh botched releases and such but i don't think those are going to go away i do feel like it, on the whole, I agree with Diana. That, I hope not, Dan. We yeah. need those memes. <laughs> well, of course, of course, we do. That's a that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a blue chip industry right there. Um, but uh, what you what you'll see is you will see a lot of uh, the good uh, developers, the good um, production studios, and so forth, will take lessons from this, and they will adjust their expectations. They will communicate better. They will reach out to both their players and to their teams and say, look, this is going to take longer than we expected. We want to deliver you the best experience possible. And if the if the public, if the audience is understanding, then the overall result will be a positive. Um, Cyberpunk was sort of unique in how anticipated it was at that time. So it, I don't know if the repercussions from anything will be as strong in the future, at least in the immediate future, but I guarantee you that at some point there is going to be another game that everything seems to be going well for it. Everything about it, the project is going to seem incredible and amazing and cannot miss, cannot fail. And there's going to be a disappointment. Um, but I feel like this has sort of been a peak in that cycle and it will be some time before we see anything on that kind of a scale. We'll see rough launches that all, you know, we'll see... Uh, things that kind of go up and down or things that improve very quickly right after launch. Um, but I doubt that we will see for several years uh, something quite like this. And I feel like the best thing that we can hope for and the best thing that we as people in the industry can work for is to analyze that situation, look at why uh, things like this happened and do our best to interpret that information in a way that makes our products better gives the developers the time they need to work on them while still being realistic about uh, what needs to be done. So yeah, talk to each other, learn from, uh, learn from the mistakes, uh, learn from your own mistakes, learn from the mistakes of others and um, again, treat, uh, treat both your, both your team members and your audience with respect. And I think that, this situation is teaching a lot of people about that. And I am encouraged by what I've seen so far. We'll see how it holds up in the long run, but so far it has been a positive, I feel. Well, great. That is all she wrote. Uh, <laughs> Diana, thank you so much for coming on and talking all about what you do and, and giving My us so pleasure. much insight into the industry. I really appreciate it. Awesome. My pleasure. This was awesome. Great. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.
This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.